Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm blessed to be with you. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I am here this afternoon to take your calls, to take your questions and your prayer requests. So give me a call. we got all open lines right now. Grab one of those open lines early. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, uh, pray with you to show you Scripture, to answer your questions. So as soon as those calls start coming in, we will go to the phone lines, all open lines on Calvary Live here. Uh, Hope you and pray that you had a blessed holiday weekend as the summer season has come to an an end that is unofficially, uh, but usually Labor Day weekend marks the end of summer. And it went from summer to winter in just a matter of a day. Amazing, isn't it? But that's Colorado. And it did bring a blessing in that, that we had smoke hair yesterday that was so thick, ash was falling literally on our cars all over the place because of the Cameron Peak fire that blew up from 25,000 over the weekend acres to over 100,000, and one of the largest fires in the history of Colorado. And the smoke was so thick, you couldn't see the sun. Parking lot lights were on. Ash was falling on our cars. It was really, really eerie. So we welcome the moisture in that. Hopefully it really suppresses this fire and the fires that are in Colorado. We've had such a dry and hot summer, and we want to be praying for uh, the um, you know firefighters that are up there on the lines, uh, those first responders that have been out there day after day, week after week. And that fire to Cameron Peak Fire was really beginning to make its way towards populated areas, uh, towards Red Feathers, Crystal Lakes. We have people in our fellowship that have uh, cabins up there or some homes up there. And I pray that all is safe, that uh, that fire stops running, and uh, that this weather really suppresses it. So uh, we're going to pray about that. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, it's been an interesting summer, one of the hottest summers on record. And then we go to snow. We go to winter in a day, one of the most drastic changes in temperatures in a 24-hour period ever. But I think it's kind of indicative of 2020, isn't it? It just the uncertainty, the wild swings that we have um, with this pandemic. It's just been challenging, and it's been uncertain. But one thing that we do have for sure, and that is the Word of God, uh, our certainty is in Christ Jesus. And we want to remind you of that on this program. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. You can text in a question or a prayer request at 720-336-3000. 0897. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the program. So welcome all of you. Those of you who are listening on Grace FM, you're listening live on this day after Labor Day. 
and uh, hope you're well. Maybe you're coming home from work. Maybe you are uh, getting the kids a snack after school. Maybe uh, you're somewhere else at work. If you're able to give me a call, give me a call. I'd love to take uh, your um, questions and your prayer requests. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's encourage one another. We really need that more than ever. I want to welcome all those who are listening on other uh, stations, Christian stations, Truth and Hope FM on the East Coast. If you're listening uh, on the radio uh, other than Grace FM, you are a week delayed, but you can call in at that number that I just gave to you, and we can have our conversation, and you can listen to it a week later. So 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. Uh, The hour goes by fast. This is your show, so I'd love to have you give me a call. Again, Jeff Figgs at Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. So blessed to be with you. As always, want to welcome all the online listeners that listen all across the country. And we even have international listeners uh, daily that listen to Calvary Live uh, that are in different parts of the world as they listen on the Grace FM website we want to welcome you as well. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Nathan and Frederick. Hi, Nathan. Hey, Pastor. I've got a question regarding prophecy and what defines a prophet, really. Uh, what, what does a prophet do and not do? And my question is based on a little confusion I'm having. I got saved, I don't know, roughly 40 years ago when I was 21. I grew up in church and heard a lot of the gospel and all that, so I was familiar with the Bible. And then when I got saved, uh, went to a Calvary Chapel the first 20 years of my Christian walk. And, uh, you know, pretty solid background in, in, in Bible knowledge. I'm not a expert, but I'm a student of the Bible. And one thing that's Good. been been bugging me, uh, or a question in my mind, uh, late in, in the last 20 years or so, I hear that... that uh, the gift of prophecy as is defined by proclaiming the truth, someone who proclaims the truth. And to me, I, I go, wait a minute, that anybody could anybody could proclaim a Bible verse that's true. Uh, sure. but I always thought that a prophet foretold the future, and if they were ever wrong, then uh, there were severe consequences for being wrong. So if you could well, define yeah. that, I would appreciate it. And I'm going to hang up if, if that's okay with you, and I'll just listen yep. on the radio. It is, Nathan. And one of the things is you're kind of on the right track. In the Old Testament, there was the office of the prophet. That was one of the main ways that people received the Word of God. And we know, um, and you you just touched on this, that the prophet had to be 100% correct, um, not 90%, not 80%. And if that prophet uh, would uh, speak on behalf of the Lord, and it did not in a predictive sense— then we know that that was a false prophet, and they were to be dealt with uh, very severely. The reason the Lord put that qualification of 100% correct is to, you know, um, distinguish between a true prophet and a false prophet. Because we're going through the book of Jeremiah on uh, Wednesday nights, and there were the false prophets, those who claimed to be prophets, that were on the scene, and what they were doing is prophesying, saying the captivity of Babylon is only going to be a couple years, and they were coming against Jeremiah because he spoke against Jerusalem, and he said, no, 70 years is going to be the captivity. So they had to be 100% correct. But also in the Old Testament, and this is very important, that the Lord said even if they, they prophesy in the predictive sense that comes true, 
but takes the people away from the Lord, they are a false prophet as well. So we go to the New Testament, and we know in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, there were different prophets that were on the scene. And we know that they would speak in a prophetic sense, um, Agabus to Paul the Apostle when he went to Jerusalem. So we have the gift of prophecy. We have the office of prophet. Um, He gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. But prophecy is this. Prophecy is... um, speaks as you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, he who speaks prophecy speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Uh, Paul begins to expand on the gift of prophecy. So you can have a gift of prophecy and you're foretelling um, the the heart of God, the Word of God, in a predictive sense, like you said, but also foretelling the Word of God and bring in the heart of God to people. So that's a sense, prophecy. And and it brings edification, exhortation, comfort to man. So prophecy is that expanded definition of prophecy. Now, a prophet who does speak, who claims to speak, thus saith the Lord, it has to line up with the Word of God. It cannot contradict the Word of God. And that's why the, um, you know, foretelling of the Word of God is very important. Um, somebody will come along and say, thus saith the Lord, you know, I'm a prophet, and, you know, you brood of vipers and and all of this. It, it doesn't line up with the, the Word of God at all. But if it is a foretelling that is a predictive sense, it has to be 100% accurate. And the reason I mentioned that as well, because I think there's too many today, maybe on the TV or wherever, that say, thus saith the Lord, and it contradicts the Word of God, they may not be given a predictive sense, or thus saith the Lord, and they say, this is going to happen, and it doesn't come to pass. Well, either they made a mistake or God made a mistake, and God doesn't make mistakes. So, you know, those who come along, you can say you're a prophet, but prophecy has to be tested in the church, and that's the important thing. It is told to us that in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy is to be judged, and the leadership is to judge that, to make sure that it lines up with the heart of God, with the Word of God, and then if it is in a predictive sense, that it has to be uh, 100% accurate, not 80%, not 60%, not 50% accurate. So, you know, somebody can claim to be a prophet, but do they pass the test? The gift of prophecy, I think, is is... Um, that is for today, and um, it is one of the gifts of the Spirit um, that is uh, exercised in the body of Christ today. So, Nathan, good question, um, and the gift of prophecy, you can kind of read there in First Corinthians chapter 14, explains it a little bit more, but I appreciate it. If you got any more things you want to follow up, give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call here on Calvary Live. So glad that you are with me. And the text line is 720-336-0897. I've heard those who have said, I'm a prophet of God, and and uh, and they speak, and they you know, make a predictive sense, and it doesn't come to pass. And uh, God doesn't make mistakes. If you're going to claim to be a prophet on behalf of the Lord, it has to be 100% correct. Hey, we got a couple open lines. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. So glad that you've joined me on this cold, 
bitter day in Colorado right after we just had 90-degree weather. Um, but uh, the moisture is, is welcome up in the mountains, especially with the fires going on, and uh, so grateful to have it. Let's go to uh, Lisa, who's on line two. Hi, Lisa. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you very much. I was so, wanting to follow up on the prophecy a little bit. Why don't yeah. the real preachers and real prophets tell us who the false prophets are so we won't waste our time giving them money through the phone or whatever the case may be or over uh, television? Because it would right. just cut out a lot of mess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that that's why Christians need to be very discerning. That's why, Lisa, it, it's so important that we be students of the Word of God. Just mm-hmm. because somebody says they're a prophet, they can be a prophet, but they can be a false prophet. One mm-hmm. of the things that Jesus said that in the last days, when they were asking him, what are the signs of your coming? And the very first thing that Jesus said concerning you know those things that will uh, be... Uh, pointing to his return, that we're in the last days, signs of the last days, he says that, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and deceive many. So he says that in the last days there are going to be many false prophets that will come on the scene. It's interesting, as you go through the epistles of the New Testament, that warning is very specifically given by Peter, by the New Testament writers, by Paul the Apostle, and we have to be discerning and testing the prophets. And that's why kind of what Nathan was asking about, you know, who's a prophet? They have to speak according to the Word of God. They cannot contradict the heart of God, the Word of God. Uh, and if they speak in a predictive uh, sense, it has to come true. If there's false prophets, there can be true prophets. So it takes a lot of discernment today. When somebody claims to be a prophet to me, I'm going to test them because that is the command of Scripture. It is John, the, um, in his first uh, letter, First John, he would say, test the spirits to see if they are of God because many false what? Prophets have gone out into the world. Mm-hmm. So th- there are false prophets, and, and we are to see if they line up with the heart of God, the Word of God, speak edification, exhortation, comfort to men, and then also... Um, in a in a predictive sense, if it comes true, so that's really your responsibility. That's my responsibility, and we are to be wise and discerning in the days in which we are in. Does that help out? It does help because sometimes I want to say, "Gosh, I want to vote for Biden." Then I say, "No, I want to vote for Trump." Then I say, "Then I hear somebody say, I 'I'm a prophet, and God told me you better vote Trump.'" So I'm like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm confused. You know? you know, just be wise. Just be wise and, yeah. you know, look at the issues and vote, you know, according to, you know, biblical issues and stuff like that. And I know that uh, some try to bring it into the political realm, um, mm-hmm. but you need to be wise and discerning and look at the issues. And, and I think there's resources out there that will just give you the information that you need to to make the decision for you to move forward. So. Okay, that sounds good. Listen, I appreciate your show, and I caught it on the on the drive here, but I'm so appreciative of you all. So good. God bless you, and thank you. Hey, did, hey, Lisa, did you need some prayer? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I think he did 
tell me that I, um, I'd I be happy to, to pray with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be. Ha- what can we? How can we pray for you? Well, I would love to have the wisdom on. Well, my mother had a stroke. I'm in Colorado and she's in Florida, and okay. I would like to know if what God was trying to help me understand what to do with that situation. People are wanting me to bring her here or me go to Florida, and I'm just so in between, like, what is, what am I to do? Because my mom didn't prepare us on anything, yeah. you know. Of course, absolutely. And those mm-hmm. are hard decisions to make. And so, mm-hmm. Father, I pray for Lisa. As her mom had a stroke, she's on the other side of the country, whether mm-hmm. to bring her here so she can care and help her. Lord, I pray you give her wisdom and direction. And Lord, mm-hmm. speak to her heart. You promise, according to Isaiah chapter 30, that as we go to you, you, and then as we wait on you, that you will speak to us, and that we will hear from you. So I pray that you would be that voice to Lisa saying, this is the way, go in it. Whether to bring her mom here, um, that you would give her guidance and direction. So I just pray for that wisdom. And we also know that your scripture says that if we lack wisdom, that we can come to you and ask. And um, we can come in faith, and you'll give us that wisdom that we need. So just guide her in this uh, major decision that she needs to make. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. And my arms are around you through the phone, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate it. Yes, Appreciate sir. the encouragement. Now. Got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Text line 720-336-0897. So I'd love to have you text in a question or a prayer request. we got plenty of time. Uh, here on the show and um, love to talk about the things of the Lord, pray with you, encourage you on your way home, uh, make this just a blessing um, this hour and uh, um, just stir your hearts with the things um, that um, that we talk about. And as we go through the word of God, you know, I was talking from Jeremiah. I, I um, was getting ready to teach for tomorrow night, the study um, that I did for it. And, you know, the king, uh, Jehoiakim, took a scroll that Jeremiah had written the word of the Lord, and he chopped it up and and uh, threw it in the fire. He was, you know, not right with God. And one of the things that we can learn from that is either the word of God will cut you to the heart or, you know, you will cut the word of God out of your life. And And I pray that as we have the word of God and talk about the things of the Lord, that it cuts us to the heart and uh, because the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So give me a call. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's go to the Scriptures together. And 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. And 720-336-0897 is the text line. Let's go to Westminster. Mike's. Hi, Mike. Hi, Pastor. Uh, hey, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, the question I have, and it, I don't know if it's silly or not, or if it's even meant for this program or not, but I, my family is all like very strong Christians. And a lot of them have a lot of concerns with any type of like COVID vaccine that might come out of the pandemic that we're in right now. Right. And many of them think it's like tied to like maybe the antichrist or the end times or some type of world order. And so there are family members I have that are like, dead set on, I will die on this hill, not get this vaccine. And I just was wondering if you had an opinion on it or any type of thought 
on the vaccine if it came out. Yeah. Whether it's and something people should get or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that I think every individual is going to have to research, going to have to decide themselves because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of concerns. People having concern about, you know, taking the vaccine. Um, is there going to be things, you know, uh, a chip in the vaccine and tying to the Antichrist? I will say this that um, everybody's got to make a decision for their own health. And people have different convictions. And I talked a little bit about this on last Wednesday. I just did a, a special message um, because we've been doing outdoor services all summer long. And last weekend, we came back inside. Uh, and uh, the outdoor services was great because we could spread out in the backyard. Uh, we had plenty of room. Uh, we didn't have to really restrict the number of people because we were outside. So it worked very well, even though it was hot and people were comfortable. Well, this last weekend, we came back inside, and uh, which was a good weekend because it was raining ashes up here in Greeley. It was so weird yeah. and smoky. You couldn't even breathe. And I felt kind of bad for some of the churches here that have been doing outdoor services, trying to finish that up and and very few people, you know, you couldn't go out in it without coughing and hacking and all of that. But um, be that as it may, here's the thing about the vaccine. Some people are have the conviction that they're not going to take it for whatever reason. Now, when we tie it to the Antichrist, I just want to say this, that my Bible tells me that we are not going to see the Antichrist, we as Christians at this time. We are in the day of grace. That is going to be in the tribulation period. So I want people in making their decisions to to know what the Scriptures say. Now, could it be something that is going to, you know, all the events that we know that has taken place, we can argue that it's leading to a one-world government, that it's leading to set up for the Antichrist, all these different things. Um, but I do want to say this, we're not going to see the Antichrist. I believe sure. we'll be raptured before the tribulation period. So with that said, when it comes to the vaccine, everybody's going to have a different conviction. Everybody's sure. going to, you know, for whatever reasons, when it comes to, you know, uh, immunization, people have strong convictions about that, uh, whether to do that for their children or not. And they, I, you know, I'm not going to come against anybody's conviction at all. And so sure. this this is an area that's going to be a hot topic that that will continue. But, you know, I just encourage people, do your homework, read. Um, here's what's been hard for us as pastors is we want to take care of the spiritual health of the congregation. All of a sudden, yeah. the physical health has come thrown into it. I'm not a doctor. Um, sure. I'm not in the medical field. So I have to get my information from those who are in the medical field and doctors, and I have to sort through it and then make the best decision for our church, how we can meet safely, what does that mean, you know, all the other things. And I t I'll tell you, I'm exhausted, Mike. <laughs> I'm exhausted from it all. And people yeah. are going to have to do the same thing with the COVID-19. Now the big thing is, is it going to be safe? Is it not going to be safe? Um, are they rushing it? Whatever the case may be. And I am not going to go against somebody's conviction who gets it. And I'm not going to go sure. against somebody's conviction who wants to get it. Um, so everybody has to make that decision. 
and and sure. look at it and um you know for their family and for their children um and you know i i don't want to um you know the question begins to be this mike can you go to church if you don't have the vaccine that's what i'm starting to hear that talk are we going to be allowed to go to church do you have to have a vaccine to go to church um and i don't even want to go there um right you know the body of christ needs to meet together i have certain convictions you know where we're going to go with all of this we're going to be in this we got to live with this thing for a while and it's driving us all kind of you know crazy and we're, we're all edgy and we're all trying to make the best decisions but it's been six months last sunday we came back inside it was the first time in six months that I was behind the pulpit up on the platform talking to people in the sanctuary because we went three yeah. months with online and then three months out in the back. And even though wow. we were out in the back, we had people that were inside that wanted to be inside, but I feel like a sense of normality. So all these things that are coming and um, I don't want to mandate anything. Um, I don't sure. want to, you know, go against people's convictions, um, but we're all, we're all in this together, and we all have to make those decisions. So I know I kind of want around and about maybe babbling sure. a little bit <laughs> on no, your question. <laughs> but I don't have all the answers. I don't. No. And, yeah, uh, no, I understand that. And I don't, yeah, and I, I don't expect you to. I just, it sounds like you're saying that you don't feel like there is like a spiritual ramification for taking it. Like you can't lose your salvation by taking it. Well, right, no, like, you're, uh, yeah. The, and in the book of Revelation, there is going to be an angel, and I don't know if people are tying that to, you know, taking the mark of the beast. I believe that the church is going to be raptured before that even comes. So yeah, that's number one. Too. Number two is there's going to be an angel that's going to fly around the whole world that's going to warn everybody, do not take the mark of the beast. If you do, you'll lose your salvation. Um, I don't, we're not going to be in that time. Um, right. So we are told to be looking for Jesus Christ, not to be looking for the Antichrist. So the Antichrist yeah. is not a factor to me. Now, may some of these things lead to where the Antichrist sets up as one world government? It could very well be. Sure. But, you know— Taking the vaccine yeah. now is not going to lose your salvation. Right. Um, it is in the tribulation period when you align right. yourself with the Antichrist. No, that makes total sense. And I believe in a pre-trib rapture as well. And right when you said that, that made, like, total sense to me. That, And I just don't see God being, like, this person that's like, oh, you didn't know, but you got this secret vaccine, so you can't come to heaven. Like, it just... Yeah. He's not like out there trying to trick people and have like riddles to get to heaven. I know that. So I figured yeah. I kind of figured what you were saying was going to be kind of the, the answer I got. So I appreciate your time and, and I'm happy to hear you your, your church is meeting in person again. And and uh, yeah. I hope things continue to get better for you guys. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate your call. Appreciate your question. All right. All right. Thanks. God Bye. bless you. Good question. And I know this is on our minds and hearts and people got different convictions and things like that. But I always want to run things through the Word of God and, and um, you know, look at things biblically and, 
And people are going to have decisions when we get closer to a vaccine. If we get a vaccine, do we take it? Do I not take it? All these things. And, and some of those convictions are very, very strong with you. And and I understand that. And um, so we'll be looking at these things. Hey, we're getting close to break. I believe we got all open lines. We have had a good first half, really have been uh, talking about the things of uh, what we see around us, the things of the Lord. So grab one of those open lines as we're getting ready to go to break. It's the only break at Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Got plenty of time to take your questions and your prayer requests. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and love to talk to you about um, the things that are on your mind. Pray with you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Hey, let's keep the show going. Let's Let's keep the conversation going. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado with you on this cold day in Colorado. I want to welcome all those who are listening live on Grace FM all along the front range. Be careful tonight. We got some snow, what I understand it's crazy. It's only September the 8th um, and the day after Labor Day, and we're talking snow, so it may be a little slick out there. So be careful as you're heading out and uh, and looking forward to some nice fall weather that's going to follow. Uh, we're very grateful for uh, the moisture to suppress the fires up west of here that just poured smoke over the top of us. It was hard to breathe, hard to go out and walk and take a run or whatever it might be. So uh, we do welcome that. Um, we want to encourage you. Give us a call at 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute. Uh, also, text line 720-336-0897. Text in a question or a prayer request. And I'd uh, love to be able to, as we have time, to look at those as well. But this is your show. we got plenty of time to take your calls at um, the number that I just gave to you. I want to make a quick announcement. Uh, I've talked a little bit about it on the show, but uh, this last weekend we came back inside. We were doing outdoor services this summer. It worked well. Uh, it was hot, uh, and I was so blessed that people were willing to come out and 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 be together and worship, and we were spread out in the backyard. It worked very well. But we come back inside, and we have three morning services at 8, 9, 30, and 11. And one of the special things about this weekend is we had children's class and nursery and toddlers uh, back into their classrooms available for parents. It's been six months since we've done that, and the kids were so excited, and it was so good to see them back in their classrooms. And I'm very grateful for Angie, uh, for Celeste, our, our children's ministry and nursery director, all the volunteers, all who worked so hard to make this possible. And we do have limited space in the children's ministry. We're trying to keep the social distancing and and doing the best that we can in this time um, that's recommended for us. And we have limited seating in the sanctuary as well. Uh, so 
uh, please uh, uh, come and join us. We ask that you register for one of those services. you got three choices, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. You can register during the week for Sunday at calvarychapelgreeley.org. That's one word, calvarychapelgreeley.org, and you'll see the registration. And also what we're going to do for the next few weeks while the weather's nice, uh, this last Sunday because of the ash and the smoke, not too many people took advantage of it. But some people have said that they really like being outside. They feel safer there at this point. And so what we have is a TV and a speaker where you can go bring your lawn chair, sit outside, see the service, watch the service. And this Sunday is actually going to be nice, uh, around 80 degrees. So we're going to do that hopefully through the month of September, make that available, and then we'll bring everything back inside. But we do have seating and register for that service. It was so good to be here to worship and to see people in the sanctuary. We're going through Matthew's Gospel, just incredible, credible study, and uh, it's going to be a, a very wonderful message this Sunday. Love to see you. Come visit us. And uh, as we are continuing to move forward in in-person services Wednesday night, uh, we do have uh, online service at 7 o'clock, the book of Jeremiah, very relevant to us today. So calvarychapelgreeley.org. Uh, we're continuing to do online for those of you who want to just continue watching online. Uh, you can do that on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, or our uh, Facebook Live, Calvary Chapel Greeley. So uh, look us up. Love to meet you. Have come out. Let's continue to meet together and move forward during this time. Hey, we got two open lines. Grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Joe and Greeley. Hi, Joe. Joe? Joe, are you there? I don't know if Joe is there. Guess not. He must have dropped. Joe, if you can call back, I'd love to have you call back. But um, you had a question about backsliding and things like that. And so I'd love to talk to you about those things. Um, So give me a call. All right. Let me see where I'm at. 303-690-3000, I believe. We have open lines. Text line is 720-336-0897. I got a couple interesting text questions. Let's go to that um, real quick. Uh, one is, and I'm going to kind of combine uh, um, the two because they kind of go together. Uh, um, one is praying for those churches that are not teaching sound doctrine. And then um, should you go to a church that um, has um, not teaching sound doctrine, do you lose your salvation? So those two questions kind of go together. So I'm going to answer them together. And um, one is that um, we should be going to a church um, that is teaching sound doctrine. Very, very important. Our salvation is based on our faith in Jesus Christ alone. So if there's a church that is teaching, you know, against biblical morality, um, against uh, the uh, Word of God, uh, um, there's a problem that is there. So you don't want to be in that church. So it's very important that you be in a church that is going through the Scriptures, believes in God's Word, 
um, that is teaching sound doctrine. And and that's what is very, very critical because what happens is the false doctrine as being taught will begin to pull you away from the Lord. And you don't want to become apostate. Uh, one of the things that we uh, experienced was um, a family member that uh, went to a church many years ago, three or you know, 30 years ago or 40 years ago, and that church was teaching sound doctrine. And over the years, they began to pull away from the scriptures to where they just full-blown apostate. And they, you know, deny the deity of Jesus, don't teach biblical morality, uh, all these things, progressive theology. And when that family member passed away, uh, my daughter spoke and gave the gospel. And one of the older people said, we really appreciate that. Our church is liberal, and we're getting used to it. And it's like it's not a matter of trying to get used to it. It's a matter of standing for truth. And what can happen over time is it begins to pull you away. That's what happened to Judah. That's what happened to Israel in the Old Testament. So it's very, very important that you're in a church that teaches sound doctrine. Do your homework, um, because um, there is uh, more and more false teachings and doctrines that come into churches and we want to be careful. So the essentials of the faith, of scriptures, uh, um, of um, you know, uh, that are biblically sound. So Father, I do pray that we would be wise in that, and we pray that uh, that we would uh, be in churches that teach from the Bible, believe the Bible, are firm with the scriptures, and everything that it says, because all scripture is inspired by you. God breathed, put to the page, and it is profitable for doctrine, for for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. So I just pray for that. I pray that churches would return to the Word of God that have gotten away. I pray for a spiritual revival in churches of standing firm on the truth of your Word in every way, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we got a couple open lines, 303 Six nine zero three thousand is the number to call. Let's go to Susie in Aurora. Hi, Susie. Hi. How are you? Oh, doing good, thank you. So my question gotta... is about it's like about sin. So I hear that there is three heavens, correct? Three heavens. Is it, yeah, is it three heavens? Is like the earth, like for where we're at right now? Yeah. Is it? considers like the first heaven then the second yeah. heaven is like up in the sky and then the third heaven is where god is his throne yeah oh. yeah and that's so that's wh- heaven okay go ahead so when um god um sent the fallen angels he sent them to the second heaven okay are you talking about satan when he fell yes, yes with his fallen angels did he Go to the second well, we, heaven. Is that where he went? No. When Satan fell, and I'm going to read from Luke's gospel, and I think this will help bring some clarity. Yeah. Satan, we know from Revelation chapter 12, that Satan rebelled, and a third of the angels rebelled with him. Yeah. Isaiah says that, um, gives us indication that he wanted to you know, be like God, sit upon the throne of God to be worshipped as God. Um, Isaiah chapter 14. In Ezekiel, it talks about Satan as well, that he was this angelic being that was uh, a cherub, a worship leader, and he became very prideful. 
So he rebels against God. A third of the host of the angels um, are rebelling with him. Mm-hmm. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 17, Jesus had sent the 70 out two by two. And it says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Um, And so we know that Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. He's called the God, little g, of this world. Mm -hmm. So Satan was cast down to earth. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Um, from heaven. So in the book of Job, we know that, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the book of Job in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but in the book of Job, you might want to read chapter one as well. And there's this interesting um, conversation between Satan on, um, as he's before the throne of God. He doesn't live in heaven, um, but it's Satan attacks Job's character. Okay, and yeah. the, the, in chapter 1, verse 7, the Lord said to Satan, where do you come from? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. So we know that Satan is around here. We know he's real. We see insistence of Satan being mentioned, you know, in the um, scriptures. Um, we know that he entered into Judas. So he's here. Um, he's the prince of the power of the air. In the future, he's going to uh, empower the Antichrist, who's going to be a world leader. Then the mm-hmm. Antichrist is going to command the world to worship him, because that's something that Satan has always had. So Satan is here with the fallen angels. Demons are real. Paul writes about spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6, that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high uh-huh. places. Demons are very real. We see Mm -hmm. in the Gospels where people were demon-possessed. That is all part of the spiritual realm that is around us and is very real. Exactly. All right. Okay. Yeah, because I kept thinking to myself, because I, you know, when I read my Bible and stuff, and I was reading, okay, so there's three heavens, and Satan was cast down to the second heaven, which above us. So how is which I know is here. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, wait, what, what, what am yeah, I it's all, it wrong? Yeah, it's, it's all interesting, Susie, because in the temptation of Jesus, Satan mm-hmm. takes Jesus up on a high mountain. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, uh-huh. Matthew and Mark and Luke, all three synoptic gospel writers. And yeah. remember that Satan said that, look out at all the kingdoms, and these are yours if you just bow down and worship me. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yes. Jesus did not dispute that those kingdoms of the world were his to give. And so when man sinned in the garden, he forfeited, as it were, the title deed of the earth back to Satan. And that's uh-huh. why Satan is called the God, little g, of this world. Yeah. And so, the, you know, it's a fallen world we live in. Now, if I took you up, Susie, on you know, Long's Peak, and said, look out all across Colorado, up into Wyoming, you know, all around, all this is yours if you bow down and worship me. Well, you would laugh at me because it's not mine to give. Um, That would be insane. So Satan, you know, um, 
you know, dominion went into a fallen world into Satan's hand, but Jesus has redeemed the world back to himself. And then it is believed in the book of Revelation as he takes a seven seal scroll from the hand of the Father that that's the title deed to the earth, and he is going to claim it back, and he will come and establish his kingdom. So it's all interesting when you put everything together that there's this spiritual realm that is out there that's very real. And also we know from the book of Daniel that there are demons that are over nations. Um, The the, uh, prince of Persia, the prince of Greece was mentioned. Um, so there's a hierarchy of, of demons and demonic spirits that are out there that I don't fully understand, but I know that the Scripture speaks of it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it is wow, isn't it? But here's the thing to remember, Susie. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You have yeah. Christ in you. So keep oh. your eyes on the Lord, keep your focus on the Lord, and um, he's with us. And the Bible says in the book of James, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So just Amen. walk with the Lord. Walk with the <laughs> oh, Lord, definitely. talk with the Lord. Yeah, and and um, but know that the demonic realm is real and spiritual warfare is real. Yes. Okay, okay? I, like I said, I just kept thinking if he's on the second heaven, then how could, you know, are they coming down here? But you're saying they are down here. So. Yeah, here. yep, very real. Yeah. So. Okay. okay, Susie. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you. Keep, keep reading your Bible. You bet. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I believe we got all, all open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Love to talk to you. One question that's asked on our text line, will the United States be judged before the coming of Jesus? And we know that um, in the tribulation period, that judgment is going to come in a Christ-rejected world. Here's the thing to remember, because there's a lot of talk about, is God judging America? I believe he wants to save America. I don't know what's going to happen to America. The thing that concerns me is the United States is not mentioned in end-time prophecy. And we do know that Israel is the epicenter. Israel is the focal point. Israel is the emphasis in the end times. And and that's why Israel becoming a nation once again is what they call a super sign that we're in in the last days because many of the prophecies of the book of Revelation and what's going to take place in the tribulation period cannot happen unless Israel is a nation once again. But we also know that um, Israel will be a cup of trembling to all the nations, and we do know that um, that, there is uh, a mentioning of other nations that will take place in the last days, but there's no mention of the United States. So what does that mean? I, I don't know. I don't know what it means. It concerns me, um, especially when I see the spiritual condition of our nation. Um, but we need to be praying. We need to be seeking the Lord. Uh, I pray that there's a spiritual awakening. We need to be praying during this election year as well. We need to be praying for the election. We need to be praying for our leaders and be a voice of of truth and of righteousness in the days in which we're in. Um, But I don't know what's going to happen to the United States. I do know that the Lord will, um, you know, come back and he will judge the nation. So, hey, let's go to Dave in Highlands Ranch. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good, good. We we found a a, a church that we're kind of interested in. When we spoke to the pastor, we found out that he's a millennial. And when we asked him about on Israel, 
doesn't really have a heart for Israel. So should we run or do we stick around? I mean, there's elements <laughs> of the church that are nice, but I'm just concerned yeah. about these these two things. Well, personally, I would be concerned. You, you know, um, I think you need to pray about it. Uh, unfortunately, there are a number of churches that are amillennium, you know, it means there's no millennium reign, yeah. which means that they have a uh, obviously a different view of end-time prophecy, and usually it means they don't, you know, believe in the rapture or maybe a preterist view. That's something that he has to answer, but um, usually those who are all millennialists um, don't believe in a rapture. Um, you know, there's different reasons for that. There's some that have taken into the new apostolic reformation movement that the church is going to grow in power in apostles super apostles and prophets and we're going to take over the world and then usher in the second kingdom there are others that have a replacement theology uh doctrine and that is that the church is israel that israel has forfeited uh her promises uh that were given to her by god and god has no plan for them it is interesting in the book of Jeremiah, Dave, that we've been going through that the Lord, as he gives the new covenant, he says that I will bring the house of Israel and the house of Judah together. He's talking about the millennium reign when Jesus will sit on the throne of David. <clears throat> Whole chapters there, chapters 31, 32, 33, that speak of that time. And then the Lord speaks of the assurance of that promise. He said that that when will this promise be nullif- you know, be void. Uh, when will I stop loving Israel? When you can understand the depths of the earth, when the sun isn't shining, when you can understand the length of the universe. In other words, the Lord is given the assurance that he will bring it to pass. So I do not believe in the replacement theology. And the Lord says, I will not cast away my people. Then in the New Testament, in Revelation chapter 11, what does Paul ask? He says, will God cast away his people? Certainly not. And he talks about the future of Israel. So the concern that I would have is, if you have a replacement theology um, that you believe in, that the church is Israel, that if you are all millennium, or all millennialist, you know, um, don't believe in a millennium reign, that's going to affect the way that you teach the Bible, isn't it? Well, and we asked when we asked about Israel. He said, "Well, I said, look at the miracle of, of uh, Israel." Yeah. And he said, "Well, I don't know if that was a political or a spiritual transformation. That's why they're the uh, you know they're they're the nation of Israel." I said, "Really?" So he didn't have an answer for that. And then we were yeah. been studying, and R.C. Sproul was an amillennial. So is he kosher? Is was he not kosher? R.C. Sproul is very reformed theology, and um, what I understand is. Um, Reformed theology, some of the circles of it are hold that view, and um, so uh, to me is I think it's very important in the understanding of the Old Testament um, that God promised Israel said that He will bring into pass. We have hundreds of verses of the Old Testament that speak of the millennium reign. Um, Isaiah, when he began to prophesy that these prophecies are in the latter days, um, and um, they will be fulfilled uh, in the book of Isaiah, in or in the book of Jeremiah, excuse me, in those chapters 30 through 33, which are the chapters of consolation, that it will be in the latter days, consider it, 
it's very, very important for us to know that. And then you go to Ezekiel. You got Ezekiel 36 and 37. It speaks about Israel coming back into the land, dry bones that, you know, uh, come to life. Is you know, um, that whole chapter of the Valley of Dry Bones that they come together as skeletons, and then the muscles and the tissues come on, and their corpse, and God breathes life into them. He's talking about a nation that was dead that becomes alive again. And then in chapter 37, how they will come into the ancient cities, and they will rebuild those ancient cities, and and um, they'll come together as one. No more are they going to be two, the house of Israel, the house of Judah, and they will occupy the mountains of Israel. Then you go to Ezekiel chapter 38, which is yet future, that war that will take place in the Middle East, which may be the next world war. And um, so, um, you know, it's just, um, you know, uh, something that is next, that it can't take place unless there is a physical Israel in the land. But we also know that there is a spiritual dimension in that, that they will come and recognize that Jesus is their Messiah. It's a prerequisite to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And they will say, where did you get those wounds, as Zechariah speaks about? And he will say, I got these in the house of my friends. And then as Paul writes in Romans chapter 11, in that day all of Israel will be saved. And, And so Israel is the epicenter, physical Israel, a nation of Israel, the miracle of them coming back into the land after 2,000 years, an absolute miracle. And when I was studying the Bible, wondering, is the Bible true? One of the major factors that that really convinced me was the prophecy and Israel becoming a nation again, and spoken of, you know, by the prophets of old, that they would go into captivity not once, but twice— by the Babylonian captivity and come back into the land and then a future captivity. And they're coming back. And Amos says once they come back, they won't be plucked out. So I don't know how anybody really personally can look at Israel and say it's just a coincidence. And um, and God doesn't have a future for them. He does have a future for them. All right? Okay. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. I lost Dave. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. The text line is 720-336-0897. We only got a couple minutes uh, that are left. Let's go and finish up with a text. And um, one of the things is, should Christians or pastors be listening to secular music? Can that not jeopardize my heart? You know, be careful. What we put into our mind does make uh, a difference. And uh, so we want to renew our minds in the spirit. And, um, you know, I think that some people do listen to secular music. There are some songs that bring back memories, things like that. But it does affect us. So be wise in all of that. I believe we got open lines. Uh, We're getting to the end of the show. Hope it's been a blessing to you. 303-690-3000. But... Um, we're going to end on this. Continue to study your Bible. Continue to look to the Lord, um, especially during this time, moving forward, looking to, um, you know, just know that in this time, that as we are in challenging times, there is someone for you to serve. There is somebody for you to minister to. And so we want to look for those opportunities 
and we want to make sure that we are being sensitive to the leading of the Lord. You know, one of the things I want to read to you, I was going to read it at the beginning of the show, but uh, we've been taking calls. Um, Jesus, at the end of chapter 9 of Matthew, that it says that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And and I like that. He looked at the multitudes. Jesus, in chapter 9 of Matthew, had been working miracles, touching lives, um, all of this. And um, he looked at them, and it says that they were like sheep, uh, having no shepherd, weary and scattered. It takes on the meaning of they were tattered, they were weak, uh, they were confused, they didn't have much to, to feed on. Um, they are scattered, and Jesus was moved with compassion. It means that he was moved within the deepest parts of his, his you know, uh, inner being. He, he had emotion, and I pray that as we look at others, that we would be moved with compassion and know that there's people to minister to and to love and to pray for and to give the word of the Lord to. So I hope that that we would just be sensitive to the leading of the Lord. And Jesus says that, you know, in this chapter, it talks about new wine and new wineskins. We went over it on Sunday. And I believe that Lord wants to do a new work in our hearts, even though uh, we want to go back to the way it used to be. Um, and some things will be that way. But here's a new work that God wants to do in our lives and in our hearts. Be flexible to the Lord. Uh, trust in the Lord. Uh, be sensitive to his leading. Look at people with compassion. So, hey, had a great show. Thank you, everybody that's called in. Appreciate it. Looking forward to being with you next time that we're together. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.